0: Welcome to Legends of the Hall, the podcast centered around the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame in Colorado Springs, telling the stories of the greatest stars in the history of pro rodeo. On today's show, we highlight one of the newest inductees into the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame, the great bucking horse, Night Jacket. Cullen Pickett from Pickett Pro Rodeo will join us. This is professional rodeo announcer, Steve Kenyon. Legends of the Hall is being sponsored by Wrangler, the official Western wear of Pro Rodeo, long live cowboys. In just a moment, Cullen Pickett will tell us about Night Jacket. Hey y'all, this is Cody Johnson. When I was starting out in music, most every radio station and venue I went to told me no. At that point, you got two options, tuck tail and quit or buckle down and fight. Well, I'm a fighter, not a quitter. And that's why I wear Wrangler jeans and shirts.
1: Their toughness and style are legendary. They're an iconic symbol of the West and there's no quit in them either. Life's not about the destination, it's about the journey. And if I'm gonna enjoy the ride, I'm riding in Wrangler. Wrangler. Long live Cowboys.
0: Rodeo fans, we're giving you a chance to take 8 Seconds Media wherever you go. Check out the newly remodeled 8 Seconds Media store. Click on the shop link at 8secondsmedia.com. Welcome to Legends of the Hall. I'm Steve Kenyon, and on today's program, we highlight one of 38 animal athletes that have been inducted into the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame great bucking horse night jacket not only has night jacket been given the opportunity to perform at the nfr eight times selected as one of the bucking horses that bucked at the national finals rodeo but maybe the greatest part of night jacket's legacy is his offspring he's had a bunch of colts that have bucked at the national finals rodeo a couple of them have been award winners cullen pickett a Pickett pro rodeo company joins us to talk about the great horse night jacket Colin Pickett, Pickett Pro Rodeo. Thank you for your time, Colin. Welcome.
1: Thanks for having me, Steve. I really appreciate you uh, shining the light on animals in rodeo, not just the the star athletes.
0: You know, I really think it's important. I I I believe that the thing that makes our sport special is not just the guys on two legs, but the superstars on four. And uh, and anytime I told you before we started, anytime I get a chance to brag about the great horses we have in this industry and the great bulls we have in this industry, I'm all in. I just really feel like our animals need to be as big as superstars as we can make them. And I think you agree.
1: Absolutely. You know, um, you know, in, in rodeo, you, you can't guarantee that, you know, as a stock contractor, you can't guarantee that any contest that's going to be there, but you can guarantee a, a star animal is going to be there, you know? And, and so it, there needs to be more of a light shined on those star animals and, and, Fact of the matter, the Stars, they're they're around for a lot of years, you know, the the horses. And uh, so so they can be recognizable for fans.
0: The reason I wanted to reach out to Cullen today, this is obviously a podcast centered around the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame. In 2023, one of the greatest horses ever named Night Jacket, not just because of the way that he bucked, but because of the bloodlines because of the offspring that he has continued to produce, he's had probably as many protege buck at the NFR as any horse has, uh, was inducted into the Hall of Fame. I think the thirty eighth animal that went into the hall. Cullen, tell me about the day you got that phone call and and, and how you felt about, you know, that news and I know that mister Zinzer was involved in that too, um, and he wasn't able to join us, but talk about their reaction to all of that.
1: You know, super we were all super excited and and blessed and and you know we'd kind of somewhat maybe given up on it and and we thought he was deserving and and jim and maggie they've worked their whole life for for an achievement like that and and uh i was lucky enough to be a part of it and and got a call and and actually got the call from you and 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 the board there and and um super excited it uh you know just you, you, you know you you dream big but you you obviously you don't dream big enough to to dream that you're going to have an animal inducted into the hall of fame and and uh just very blessed to be a part of it you know and, and so it's you know something i never thought would happen
0: there are a lot of stock contractors in the prca and and a lot of you own a lot of animals i don't know how many mouths you have to feed when it comes time to go out and take care of the bulls and the horses every morning but it's a lot um there are hundreds of horses there have been thousands of horses through the years and i say that just to kind of put in perspective how special it is to have one go into the hall
1: oh absolutely you know it's it's like you've said before it's you gotta you gotta know what you're doing and you gotta care and and you gotta it's a lot of hard work and and it's a lot of hard work from People that nobody know too yeah. you know and and um a lot of times it was me and jim getting the pat on the back but it was our wives at home doing the feeding and and the stuff that we couldn't do and and uh the guys driving the truck and loading the stock just everything you know makes it possible and that's from night jacket to to all of his colts i mean you know if 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 one wrong thing happens to any of the animals it it changes the whole outcome of of how they react and and i believe and so all that stuff matters
0: um let me i want to follow up on that but let me let's just for folks who maybe are not familiar with the night jacket story he bucked every year at the nfr from 2000 to 2007 you bought him you paid a lot of money for him um he was his he was Zenzer horse the whole time he bucked at the NFR, right? Take it from there. Talk about this horse's history and legacy.
1: So I bought the, you know, the mares. And I, I've known Jim and, and Maggie my whole life. And, and uh, I heard that they were wanting to have a sale and, and get out of the business. And, and I kind of wanted to buy the older horses. So I called him and asked him about buying them. And he said, well, he, he thought he had everything sold, but... He, you know but his breeding program and he wanted me to come to his house and and he was going to have a sale and I said well how much do you think it'd take to not have a sale and he kind of paused and he said well I don't know let me call you well and it took him I don't know two or three days and he called me and told me and I thought it was for what it was reasonable and and it but it was going to be a a slow return. You know, it was going to be a few years before I seen any return. And, um, and so we made a deal on it. And so I bought them. And then the next year he decided that, uh, he might want to sell night jacket. And then, so Maggie actually called me and she told me kind of that they had had some offers from some people maybe in Brazil that were interested in buying him. And, And they didn't want to do that. And they'd like to see me have him. And, and then she told me the price and I said, no, I don't, I don't think so. (laughs) So, so in, in typical Maggie fashion, she didn't hear that part. Yeah. And so we talked along there and she said, well, you, I'll call you back tomorrow. It's like, okay. And I, I thought, and so I called my dad and, he said, Well, I don't know, you might already think about that. It's like, oh, okay. And so then I called a couple more friends of mine, and and um one of them being Sparky, and which is my father in law, and he, he told me the same thing. So I was the only person that I talked to that said no was me. Yeah. <laughs> so so I thought about it and and uh and I said, Okay, I." I I guess I'll do it, but I don't, I don't want to pay you at once. I want to pay you out over four years. And, and, uh, they said, okay. Wow. So, you know, week of, week of talking back and forth and, and, uh, dragging my feet and I owned a $200,000 stud
0: horse. Yeah. Spending $200,000 on, <laughs> on a, on a stud horse, stud horse in the, what, 2000 and what year did you buy him? Kellen? Was it 2008,
1: 2009? Nine. Two thousand nine.
0: That's a lot. That was. It's a lot of money now. It was a even. It was a lot of money then, wasn't it?
1: It absolutely. You know, but it, it was. It was, at the time, you know, I could see that I I had some really good studs. I thought that I'd bought from them originally, and and in, in NFR producing studs. But at the same time, it was kind of like making chocolate pie without chocolate. You know, I, I had all the ingredients except for. For him, and and it kind of made the pie work.
0: He he was a, a paint brown and white paint, black and white paint. I forget.
1: He he was like a a deep bay, a real shiny, pretty bay.
0: Um, and just as showy as he could be when he bucked. Mm
1: hmm. Um. Yeah. He. You know. Then that's where the long, you know, foretop and the long mane and tail and and you know comes from him and and the color, which. A lot of his colts are just bay and, and all, but they all have that, that long mane and tail. And, and, you know, they all have the, his style, which was leaping there and curl their front feet. And, um, he, he, passed it on. He was a real dominant stud as far as his genetics. He, he passed his traits along through those
0: mares. Right. Um, you made a comment earlier about, um, keeping the horses performing and, I forget exactly how you said it, but something about, you know, avoiding the the bad situation that they might remember that might affect them down the road. The Night Jacket was handled by Jim and Maggie Zinzer. Your father-in-law, Sparky Dreesen, has had a lot to do with the horse and obviously you and your family. Um, so he, I guess where I'm going with this is, is that horse passed through at least three sets of the most knowledgeable bucking horse people in the country. How big a deal was that to keeping him performing um, when you owned him? And how big a deal has that been since then with his babies? Many of which have gone on to the NFR.
1: You know, I don't know what the, what the percentages are for sure on what, you know, what creates a a great bucking horse, but it's not a hundred percent genetics. I don't feel like I, I, I think certain people can have the same genetics and, and possibly, you know, not have a great bucking horse. Yeah. And, and it, it it's each, you know, it, it's, it's like a kid, you know, full brothers, different situations, different things happen along the way of, of growing up into a, an adult and it changes the way the adult thinks. And, and so I'm, I'm super picky on who does what and, and how we load a horse into the chutes or, what kind of facility we keep them in. And, and, you know, it, we have to take up for the horses because they can't take up for themselves. Yeah. So that's our job is, and most people around rodeo know that I'm, I don't know if they think I'm a jerk or if I'm just picky about the way we do stuff, but I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not willing to change, you know, like I we're, we do stuff my way and if we can't do it my way, then I don't do it. So. I I think, but I think that's important to, you know, having success with, with your animals and, and like me, you know, I'm what success I've had is because of my animals and, and the, the ones that I've had that, that are irreplaceable, you know, and, and I've, I've been very blessed to have a couple of, you know, or a few once in a lifetime horses and, and, you know, that without them, I'm just another guy.
0: have you have you and have you kept track of how many of night jackets colts have bucked through the years at the nfr um and and i say that i i don't remember the numbers this year the lat the two years before that i think literally like half of the 10th go-round was night jacket babies um have you have you have you kept track of all those numbers it'd be a big number i would imagine
1: yeah so we have a spreadsheet that we've done over that and and um and we keep track of it. And there was like this past NFR, you know, now we're getting into grandsons and daughters and great grandsons and daughters. And, and I think the number was like over 40 that were, you know, either sons and daughters, grandsons and daughters or greats, you know, so it's the numbers still increasing. It's just, you know, a couple generations away now, but I, I think there was, I think we figured it up and there was uh we had it at the Hall of Fame there it was like 72 or 3 um own sons and daughters that had been and it was we figured up the percentage of cults that he had you know and and maybe we forgot some or whatever but it was the percentage of cults that he had born um there was like 70 something percent of them that had went to the NFR
0: wow that's amazing that is that's a pretty yeah. high batting average isn't
1: it yeah I would say yeah yeah I would say it's you know and, and a lot of that's it, I mean it doesn't matter how good you are you have to be you have to have some luck along the way and and, and luck is kind of a part of the whole process but uh, but either way the the results are there and and uh, it's a pretty special animal.
0: You have the 2023 Bareback Horse of the Year Nightcrawler. He goes back to Night Jacket, right?
1: She is she a own daughter of Yeah. Yeah, own daughter of Night Jacket and she's actually a a full sister to uh the 2012 Bareback of the Year which was Deuces Night of Pete Cars. Yeah.
0: How I'm I'm curious This this I don't want to drag you into a whole lot of um, reproductive biology here, but by the same token, you know, you're into the the grandkids and the great grandkids now. Um, How selective do you have to be um, with with mares and and matching the right horses up to the to the right horses when you're when you're breeding for bucking horses? Um, Is that something that you guys spend a lot of time working on?
1: spend a lot of time thinking about it for sure. And, in and, and trying to get the, the traits to match up to, you know, to, to get the right kind. And, and, and also you, you think about confirmation in that too, because you want them to be athletic to, to, to be able to buck even, you know, cause if they have the will to buck, but not the confirmation, it's, it still doesn't work, but that, I think you have to move that confirmation part of a, a little bit down your list because, you know, and move some other things up because it's, it's, it's tough to, you know, to hit all your, all your factors, but, uh, but absolutely. And and it's just a a guess when it comes down to it, but it's, you try to have a educated guess, you know, and, and not just, not just write it down two numbers together one day. So, so I, I put it on a spreadsheet and I've actually already kind of put what mayors are going with what studs. And then as the year goes on before we put the studs out, I'll probably change it. You know, it, it's, it won't change a lot, but I'll, I'll, I'll have something different pop into my mind or, or a different horse bucks a different way or whatever, and kind of move some, some mares around with a different stud or, you know, and, and you see what, like, if something works good and you, you maybe want to repeat it a couple of times and if it doesn't, then you would, you don't want to. So it's, it's trial and error.
0: Um, okay. I feel like I have to ask at least one question that could be Steve's dumb question in the interview in every interview. So this may <laughs> or may not be the one, but I'm going to toss it out there. You mentioned earlier that, um, when the Zinzers decided to sell, they got some inquiries, even from, I think some folks in Brazil, you said that there was, have, you can, you can ship semen all over the country now. Um, has, has he, has Night Jacket gone international, I guess, have, have, Have there been horses outside of the United States that have, that can trace bloodlines back to that great stud?
1: So we actually, um, we sold a a mare to Australia that was bred to our stud Mm -hmm. in order to incorporate genetics in our, in Australia. And um, so um, yes, so we we've sent stuff that way and, 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 um, and we're, you know, we'd like to, I'd like to, go to whatever countries were interested in and had a market for it. Um, I just, I think it's, it's a good thing to, to, to help those.
0: Um, let me ask you a last couple of questions, Cullen, and I really appreciate your time. Um, question number one, talk to me about your program when you have young horses that you're getting ready to start. Um, I don't know that people fully understand there are, there are times when, when horses, when they're pretty young, start bucking with little dummies on them and things like that. If stock contractors choose to do that, how do you get your horses going and get them started uh, to get them to a point where they buck as well as they do?
1: So, you know, we work our animals through and, and, and we deworm our colts five or six times a year, just to try to keep their health and as good as we can possibly get it. And so we work them through the shoots and do everything through the bucking shoots and, and halt them or neck rope them and, and get them used to just the situation. So it's, you know, you're increasing their safety more and more each time. Um, then we do like, so the fall of their two year old year, we put a dummy on them and, and buck them and then buck them again the next year. So they've got, Sometimes in the spring, if we can get enough help, we, we do it again. So they've got two or three trips with a mechanical dummy. And, you know, your, your dummy, you're not, obviously, you're not teaching them to buck. You're just right. teaching them how to buck. And, um, there's, it's just like anything, you cannot force one to buck. And I think a lot of people, even people that, that rodeo, maybe don't understand that, um, to the, to the full extent. Like you're, you're, you can't, I mean, you can't force me to play football and be good. You know, I mean, I'm either good or I'm not. So I tried to Um, force
0: myself way back when it it was a failed (laughs) attempt. I understand what you're saying.
1: Right. Right. And that's what, that's what, you know, people don't understand. And so, so you're just showing them how to, and and you're getting an idea of also you're getting an idea on your breeding your mares to which stud, Mm -hmm. you know, a little bit earlier than, say when they're 6 years old when you're hauling them to, to rodeos so all that stuff is is you know used for your knowledge plus their learning of and learning how to be safe
0: that and the one thing i'm going to remember this the next time i interview you or any stock contractor Cullen, and i ask that same question really the question should have been worded how do horses learn how to buck safely um, i guess mm-hmm. is is that's probably too simple a question but you know they' like you said if they're gonna buck they're gonna buck but just knowing how to where to put their feet and how to how to handle situations is probably a big deal when you're starting them out huh
1: exactly and in the, in that way like you're in a controlled environment where you can you can dictate who's who's in the arena who's out of the arena who's who's doing what job you know and, and we have somebody that that we know knows what they're doing with, you know, with the neck rope, which the neck rope just keeps them safe from flipping up or, or, or going forward, you know, that's all the neck rope is there for is for, is for their safety. And then later on, when they have a cowboy on, it's for the cowboy safety as well, but you're, you're just showing them in a controlled environment how to do it safely. And, and you can, you know, you can prepare the ground for, for bucking horses. You don't, you're not, and preparing the ground for seven different events. Yeah. You know, you're you're showing them animals where the outgate is, where the strip and shoot is, all those things that add up to be ready to go to the rodeo.
0: Night Jacket Collect in 2013. Do I have that story right? That's right. Um, boy, you ever, I, it would be really hard for me not to sit around and go, wow, how many more years and how many more babies might we have gotten out of him? Because uh, he was actually fairly young. The colic is the one thing that you you can't control in your horses, um, no matter how hard we try. How how often do you find yourself, did you, especially back then, 10 years ago, find yourself thinking, wow, how many more could we have gotten?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, and... and- cause it was easy. You know, we, yeah. we, we kind of had the we had the recipe of what mayors worked with, with him to, to be the great ones and what ones were, were good, but just okay. And, and so it was easy. Then we just turned, turned him out with mayors and you didn't have to do all the thinking on your spreadsheet of, you know, what traits and this and that, because you, you already knew, cause we already had the product out there. And, right. but at the same time, you know, you get to thinking, well, I would have gotten lazy and you know this is a challenge and and if you think about it moving forward if we're doing stuff correctly we sh- we should have a better one on the way. Yeah. And so that you know I got, I, that maybe that's just talking yourself into not feeling sorry for yourself but but yeah. uh I, that's just the way I look at it is is you know I, I would love to still have him around but that was the that was the way that we moved on to something better or, or just, you know, moved on to, to, you know, stra- straining our brain. Yeah. So
0: how busy are you going to be this year? Kellen?
1: We're fairly busy. Um, you know, it seems like anymore, there's no off time for us. It's, it's, we go year round anymore and, and, uh, which is great. And, and so, um, we're, we're, we're pretty busy.
0: Colin Pickett, I asked you for 10 or 15 minutes. I've kept you for almost 25, and uh, we could keep going because there, there are a lot of things about the bucking horse business in general, Night Jacket in particular, and great horses like Night Jacket that um, I'd love to be able to talk to you about. I'm going to ask you to do this again sometime because this has been a lot of fun. But um, uh, your his impact on your business. Talk about that before I let you go.
1: You know – I tell you, you know, if it wasn't for him and, and top flight, I would probably be out of business.
0: I forgot Um, to ask you about top flight.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, um, those two, they, they kicked the door down for me. I'm, I'm not, I'm not an outgoing personality, so I wouldn't, you know, I don't collect a lot of business otherwise. So, you know, the, the horses that they're, what's gotten me to, to where I'm at. I mean, I, I, owe oh, all my success to top flight and night jacket and, and, you know, the Zingers and stuff. Cause without them, I, I would, I'd probably be, nobody know who I am and, and I'd be done and out of business.
0: Well, that's a pretty good statement on a couple of great horses. Folks, pay attention to the livestock, the bulls and the horses in pro rodeo because they are the thing to me. They are the thing that, that, Um, In addition to, obviously, our great athletes, but they are the thing that sets our industry apart and makes us so special. Everybody loves horses. Everybody loves animals. And uh, to have a chance to watch these animals that produce so many jaw-dropping, oh, my God, did he really just do that moments. And you got a bunch of them at your house, Kellen, so you know about it better than I do.
1: Thank you. Yes, sir.
0: That's Cullen Pickett from Pickett Pro Rodeo joining us to talk about the 2023 Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame inducted bucking horse, the great night jacket. What a... Cool story Nightjacket is. There's a lot more that we can talk about with Cullen. I hope I can have him back on uh Steve Kenyon Podcast sometime in the not so distant future and talk all about that. By the way, on the Steve Kenyon Podcast this week, we have a chance to visit with the Stephanie Fryer, barrel racer. She's got a chance to win a million dollars in the WCRA. And you'll have the opportunity to Hear from the guys who are behind the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo that's about to get underway. All that and more coming up on the Steve Kenyon Podcast. Thanks for joining us for Legends of the Hall, brought to you by Wrangler. I'm Steve Kenyon.